You are listening to a podcast, not just any podcast, but the 14th podcast of the Something on My Mind program. I am David. And I am Cindy. Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast. We always appreciate your listenership. You can find us on Instagram at SOMM.podcast. All right, so what's on the docket this week? What is the something that is on our minds? In the roundtable, we'll discuss our pet peeves that we find when we shop at big box stores, namely Costco. For the financial topic of the week, we will go over credit debt management versus investing management. There are many people out there who invest in their retirement and pay their debts off, but don't understand that they're actually paying more money in debt than they're making on their retirement planning, and that is the single biggest financial mistake that people make. We will cover a scenario that you find in these United States where debt is not managed properly, and we'll cover a second scenario where the debt gets managed and puts it into a place where more money can be made in retirement planning. Next up is the coronavirus montage, and the first story covers how some petitions are going around to remove Columbus's statue, specifically in Ohio, where they want to replace that Italian-American with a new Italian-American, Chef Boyardee. The next story covers a man who was smuggling marijuana from Windsor to Detroit using an underwater jet and how he got busted. And the third story comes by way of NASA, who was offering $20,000 to anyone who can come up with a revolutionary space toilet. The old methods in the past are not working, and they need someone because the rocket scientists cannot do the job themselves. Okay, now we are on to the roundtable, and this is where we have no script. We just let it rip. Now, Cindy, usually you kick this off, but I'm going to kick this off. Go for it. I've noticed in all of our podcasts that you talk about Costco more than any other subject. That is true. So I went to Costco today and I started paying attention. And what I do notice, I do have a pet peeve, is that when people do not put their carts back in the cart corral, Uh, we've seen several times where a cart is like just bumped into somebody else's or ours for that matter. So what I do knowing that I'm going to put my cart away is I just park next to it. And the way I Oh, the cart corral, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, so do I. Right. So the way I figure it is that I'll just get a little more exercise because they're not really close to the store typically. Yeah, we've almost gotten into fist fights. Well, I mean, no, okay, but but there was that time where the guy. Um, what we, was we, it? Yeah, what was that? that That's was, what I mean. There was a a near incident with you. Well, what happened? I can't even. I remember. dropped you off at Kroger, and I just sat in the car waiting. And this dude parked his car, and then just left his cart right next to his car, and it just starts rolling. And just, oh yeah, right. And it was kind of downhill a little bit. There was a there was a grade. And there's a little wind, and it just smacked it pretty good. And he starts taking off. And I'm like, you know what? I'm getting out of my car. And I'm yeah. going to say, dude, you oh, can't do that's this. That's when I was coming out of the store, and you were, like, in the middle of the parking lot. Yeah, and I'm like, I mean, we weren't, like, I wasn't in his grill or yeah. anything. But, I'm like, dude, you can, he was, like, bitching back going, what do you mean? I didn't do anything wrong, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, you saw this roll into the car, and you're bailing. It's like, so... You either stick around or I'm going to take your plate number. I'm going to tell the person when they come out from grocery shopping that what happened. Yeah. No, I mean, it's truly my pet peeve. And you know what I hate is when people put it up on the, like, they're near the sidewalk, right? So it would be just either rolling it back to the storefront or rolling it to the car corral. But if there's, like, an embankment and they 
literally just park it up like yeah, on the median, half on, on the, median. Or the median or whatever, half on the ground, half on the median, and just leave it there. I mean, I've seen people let carts roll into other people's cars, but remember, we were on like a massive crusade at one point, like perusing parking lots with like the parking lot cape people. You just or, have to, you just have to let things go. It just seemed for a while we kept seeing all these incidents where people were just. Their, their carts are rolling into somebody else's because they just weren't putting them I know. Away. We were on, like, a massive crusade. We should have had our little capes with, like, carts on the back of the cape. <laughs> like, yeah, like the hall monitor or something. When I know, you're a kid. but I'm And I'm no not, one likes the hall monitor, remember, by the way. Remember the guy at the gas station, the other thing? Oh, I was at the, the gas station, and um, it was really cold, and technically you're not supposed to get back into your car. No, you're weren't pumping you on the, the gas. phone? No, once you're pumping the gas. That's what oh, it yeah. was. yep. But it's cold. It's windy. I'm like, I'm getting in. I'm shutting the door because technically a spark could happen. Right. It has happened before. You probably can find a story or two out there where it's occurred. But I got in my car, and then this dude in front of me, this old guy, I mean, I, he, I'm he, i going to say he was 70. Oh, he was, yeah, he was older, definitely. And he just starts yelling at me, telling me that I'm breaking this rule, and he's getting in my face, and he's about yeah, to that hit. you're going to blow up the gas station by getting back in the car. I mean, actually, that is the time that I thought that this guy was going to come pummel you. Because he, he was older and not afraid. He was mad. I mean, he looked pretty frail. He I don't think mad. he would have had a good right punch on me, but <laughs> it looked like he was going to go swinging. And uh, I don't know. And I, and the thing is, you don't, you don't want to yell at old people, but I got to a point I kind of barked back at him. Because, oh, no, you guys were yelling at each well, other. Like, get out, like, you're in my doorway. Get out yeah. of my, get out of here. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, what are you doing? Like, like get out of here, old man. And, <laughs> and I felt bad even seeing old oh, man in the back of my head, I remember? I you're an old man yelling at the gas station at somebody, you know, get get the hell off my property. It was like one of those things, you know. But, oh, you're going to be old someday. You can't say that. I felt bad saying it, even though it was probably warranted. It's just old people get, like, some liberties. Oh. But. I was so pissed so that when he's pumping, he's not done. I get back in the car and I look on the phone. I go, what are the odds of starting a car on fire? Oh, yeah, that's right. And I looked it up. It's like one in eight billion. You had to come and get I, out. And I open the door and I go, hey, by the way, I looked it up on the phone. It's one in eight billion. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. Peeling out. Yeah, he was peeling out. He was pissed. Yeah. So anyway, so here's the other thing I noticed at Costco is when you go in, they never check your card. No big deal, but they never they never look. Never. Might, uh-uh. No, right. You just, you got to kind of just like, you can hold anything up. It could be like a Walgreens uh, gift card or something. The other thing I don't understand is when people do not have the Costco credit card. And I know that you get cash back on certain cards or not, but it's a really good setup there. So when you're standing in line, they put the Costco card in. First of all, if you don't get the executive membership, then you're paying like 50 or 60 or something. But if you pay the executive, which I think is 110, if you don't meet the number to get your rebate back, they refund you the money down to the lower card anyway. So you might as well get the bigger card in terms of the membership. Part two, the Costco credit card gives you 2% back. So when they're paying and then they throw in another or a debit card, I'm thinking, you know, and it's funny. I've had these conversations with the cashiers. I'm like, I don't understand why they don't get the Costco credit card. They're all like saying the same thing. Like, I don't get it either. Because not only do you get 2% on that, you also get the Costco rewards back on the membership cards. You get a double dip. So every year we get like two pretty decent checks. And so that's what I know. This is why I married you. I think it's more of I'm always thinking, what's the best solution to something? It's not a matter of even money. It's just what is correct. I think and it's funny. Costco was our first date. I don't know. The people are probably getting sick of hearing that, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure we'll, we pretty you much. You know what else beat, I hate beat, at Costco? Beat this one to death, but what? The people that wait 
all that time for like a little wiener sample or like a cracker sample to be put out and they just block the aisles. That's going to say you don't care that they get the food. It's the blockage. It's the blockage. Uh, okay, but is that little wiener sample or that little cracker or that little ounce of juice that important that you have to wait and block and wait for them? You know, it's like, it's not that they're putting it out and they're just being courteous or conscientious about the fact that they're blocking the whole aisle. It's that they're waiting when their people are setting up like, oh, I can't, I can't miss it. And okay, I'm guilty of maybe, you know, the samples if I'm quickly passing by. I like the samples too, but that is, I think that's my biggest pet peeve more than anything. It's just a sample of food, people. Well, Costco's an experience for people. I think some people go there for lunch, like through the sample aisles. I don't know if they do it. I mean, obviously not during COVID times, but. I mean, it's cool to sample things. I just, I, when I'm in there, I just don't want to do it. I just want to get in and get out. Like, I know the system. I know where things are at. I, I know everything. I've been there a billion times, so. I just think there's no morsel of food that that's important. Morsel. That, that, more so, more so, that is that important that you have to wait five minutes and block the aisle. Well, but I will say I this grass. no matter how crowded it is, they get you out of there pretty quick, and that's the best thing about it. And they pretty much take anything back that you have to return, even things that people shouldn't even be taking back, and they do it. So, their store return policy is fantastic. So, listen, this is the Costco review, and I can't quite guarantee this, but our mention of Costco is probably going to go down exponentially from here on out. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, so that's the roundtable for this week, and we'll move on to the next topic. Okay, we are going to kick off the financial topic of the week, and this refers back to a prior podcast in number nine in which we talked about should you pay your mortgage off early or take that money and invest in your retirement? And that answer is still true. However, that doesn't work if you're paying more on your overall debt than you're earning in your retirement planning. This is a very common mistake that people make because they say, hey, I'm putting into my retirement planning. I'm doing a good thing for my future. Yet they don't realize what's happening on the back end. Remember, this is all predicated at how old you are too, how much time you have till retirement. So if you're young, you want to knock that high interest debt out first. Otherwise, it's just counterproductive in the long term. But if you do have a 401k or some type of retirement plan at work that your employer provides a match to, like we said before, never throw away that free money. So that is something that you want to make sure that you're contributing to if you do get a match. Okay, so what we're going to do is paint a typical scenario that you're going to find with people's household debt in the United States. So this would include a house two car payments, a furniture store card, and a credit card. Also, with the interest that we're going to have on these scenarios, these are the averages that you'll find, again, across the United States. So we have a mortgage at $278,000 at 3.5%. We have two car payments at $20,000 apiece that are at a 4.3% interest rate. And we have a credit card at $15,000 at a 16% interest rate. The furniture card comes with a 25% interest rate. However, there's an interest-free period, meaning there's a number of months given that you can pay the card off with no interest. But if you don't make the payment in the last month, then all that accrued interest will be due. Also, for the basis of seven years in this example, it has to do with the credit card, meaning if the minimum payment was made, it would take seven years to pay it off. In addition to this example, most people always carry a car payment and the mortgage will not be paid off at that point. Please note that before we start this exercise, there will be a lot of information thrown your way, numbers, percentages, and situational factors. However, we need to provide information to paint a scenario of what occurs out there in society today. 
However, we will provide information in the recap to take the proper steps to make sure that you have sound financial planning. Okay, with that being said, let's start with scenario number one. With these interest rates that we spoke of prior, the house payment is $1,288, the credit card payment's $278, both cars are $371 a piece, and the furniture credit card is $75 a month. That comes out to $2,383 a month. So over seven years, they would accumulate interest of $58,531. Meanwhile, this person's putting $10,000 away into their 401k plan. So at an average of about a 7% interest rate over this time, this person would have accumulated $112,467. So if we break down the math on that, they invested $90,300. The interest they earned on that was $22,467. However, they paid $58,531 in overall debt interest. So the difference of what they earned in the 401k versus what they paid in debt interest, they're actually in a negative $36,364. they are upside down. So as we said before, this is a common trap that people fall into. You think you're doing well investing, but at the same time, you're actually, that's the thing. In this scenario, this person is losing $36,000 and it doesn't seem that way because it's not tangible. It's all on paper or you don't study it. But this is why this analysis needs to be done in your budget if you have not done so already. Okay, but now here's the thing. There are calculators out there that can help you with amortization on loans, like car payments and mortgage payments, and all of those scenarios can help you determine a path to paying these things down, even with extra payments. So let's do a scenario number two now, where we start off with the same amount of debts, which will paint a rosier picture down the road. So step one in scenario number two is to do what? So in this case, the employer has a max contribution of $3,000. So if this person wants to get that maximum match, they'll have to put away $250 monthly to get that. And their $10,000 a year contribution comes to $833 a month. Okay, now it's time to attack the credit card. So with the $833 a month, take the $250 off for the match. Then that leaves $563 left over. That can be put towards the credit card on top of the $278 payment already. Now that's $861 that can be put into that card, and by doing so, that means that card will be paid off in 20 months. So now that the card's paid off in 20 months, then we can attack the next thing, which is the car payment number one. Now that $861 can be applied to the payment that's already $371 on the car, and that comes out to $1,232. Doing the quick math, that means that car will be paid off in 12 months. Okay, so this is a 32-month total to knock out the credit card and the first car. And at this juncture, it's time for the checkpoint. And that means $20,218 was paid in interest debt. Now looking at the pre-retirement account, $19,289 has been accumulated in which $1,289 was made by way of compound interest. Now by taking the credit debt versus the compound interest, that is a difference of $18,929. So in this scenario, there is more interest being paid on the debts rather than what's being made in the retirement planning. However, the free money from the retirement planning was obtained and that's important. So at this juncture, $1,563 is available to make payments on anything that this person chooses to, either put it into the 401k 
or put it into the other car payment's debt. So even when we run the math at this juncture, even by taking the additional money and putting it into the 401k, which is 32 months, and then subtracting the seven years in our scenario, that would leave 52 more months of investing. And based on this information, this person would still be paying more interest on their debts versus what they're making in their retirement planning. So now what this person needs to do is to continue with the snowball effect. This is where you take your major payment, such as the credit card, and you knock it down. The first step was to remove money from 401k and throw that on top of the credit card payment that already existed. So when the credit card payment was eliminated, that means that additional money went to the car payment, and now that car payment's done. So therefore, that money can now go into the other car payment, and that is the snowball that gets bigger and bigger as you knock your debts out. So in this case... The goal is to knock out the second car payment. So that means the total payment on the car would be $1,934 a month, and that would knock the car payment off in just six more months. Now at that point, the only debt remains is the mortgage payment in this scenario. As far as the furniture card goes, making the monthly payment with no interest is an easy thing to do because you don't let it accumulate and just pay later if you miss that last month. At this point, the $1,934 could be put towards retirement planning because the only debt right now is the mortgage payment. But if that mortgage payment is at 3.5% and you're making 7% in the market and you let that math run itself out over the course of a number of years, this is where the gain starts coming in. This is where the winning formula starts to happen. Okay, with the understanding of knowing this is information through a podcast and these numbers aren't written down or probably remembered, we just wanted to make sure that we put you through a scenario of the types of steps that you need to take in order to be successful in your credit and debt management. Okay, with that being said, let's go through a set of steps that you can follow to get your financial debt on the right path. Okay, step number one is to make sure that you get the employer match if it exists. That way, it's free money, and that way you don't miss it. Step two is you need to make sure that we didn't even mention in this topic, but we have talked about in several other podcasts, is that you need to make sure that you have an emergency fund. Because if you don't have money put away, you can't pay your bills. So if you are snowballing on your debts and you're freeing up money but don't have an emergency fund, then you're going to have to split that difference and build that money up so that you have insurance protection in case you can't work. Step three in almost every scenario is that you need to knock off the credit card because that's not amortized. That means that's a schedule where they're prescribed payments, but with a credit card, that's straight line interest. That just keeps piling and piling on every month. That is why it is the worst financial vehicle on the planet. So being that's the case for most people, that is the first plan of attack. After that, you need to create the snowball effect when that first probably credit card is knocked out or two, and then continue it on to other debts until you get to the threshold that you can make more on pre-retirement planning than you do pay on your cards. In order to do this, you need to go on the internet and use the free calculators for amortization and credit card management. They'll tell you how much you're going to pay over time and scenarios where you make extra payments so that you can map out your future. Because all of this leads to one thing, which is your retirement. That is the most important thing. That's right. Savings for retirement is essential for anyone that wants to be financially secure and maintain the same standard of living or hopefully a better standard of living when they stop working. And remember, you need about 80% of your replacement income of what you're earning now in retirement. So if you earn 50000 you need to make sure that you're bringing in 40000 in retirement. And we're living longer. Because of medical technology, people are outliving their money. You want to make sure that you are going into retirement having the best case scenario of the same lifestyle or a better lifestyle than you live today. 
And remember, the rule of thumb is saving 10 to 15% of your income towards retirement. And there are retirement calculators all over the internet where you can actually put in your income, what you have saved now, all the variables, and what your lifestyle is that you want in retirement in your desired retirement age. So I would encourage anyone to go out there and take their scenario now and plug all of their information in and see where they stand. Yep, and if you can get to 10 to 15%, don't stop there. Go higher if you can. The more you put away, the better off that you are. And there's a saying in the financial world that you never have enough money because you just don't know what's gonna happen in life. The most important thing in all of this is when you need to do your math, you need to figure out, again, as we've been saying, are you paying more in interest on your debts than you are in your pre-retirement planning? If that's the case, you're losing money. You're giving it away, even though it doesn't seem like that. And this is the worst single financial mistake that you can make in your entire lifetime. Can't stress it enough. So please take the time. Please do your homework. No matter what it takes, get the analysis done and then figure it out and then make a plan and then execute and you will save yourself mental anguish and you will feel better and cleaner and more protected as you go through your life because you have control of your money. And that will do it for this week's financial topic. Okay, now we're on to this week's coronavirus montage. You want to take it over? Yeah. Do it. Yes. All right. Okay, now we're on to this week's coronavirus montage. That's pretty good. That's not bad. I think we'll keep it. This is a set of stories that we talk about not often found in the mainstream media due to the virus, so therefore we focus on things that may take you off your mind from everyday life. Okay, for our first story of the week has to do with a petition that is going around in Ohio to remove the Columbus statue, which has been pretty prevalent around the country of late. But this particular one has a petition out there that they want to replace this statue with Chef Boyardee. Really? Really. He's an Italian-American, so they want to put a better Italian-American in the guy's place. But he has a pretty rich history because, after all, he is a real dude. His real name is Hector Biardi, B-O-I-A-R-D-I, and he was born in Milton, Pennsylvania in 1938. So the history goes that he left his position at the Plaza Hotel in New York, and he opened a restaurant called Giardino Italia in 1924. The idea for Chef Boyardi came when customers were asking for his spaghetti sauce. And then he began to distribute it in milk bottles. A few years later, he opened the factory and moved the production to Milton, Pennsylvania, where he could grow his own tomatoes and mushrooms. The original kit included uncooked pasta, tomato sauce, and a container of pre-grated cheese. So the height of all this for him was during World War II, when they needed army rations, requiring the factory to run 24 hours a day. And he employed 5,000 workers and produced 250,000 cans per day. But when the war ended, he had to choose between selling the company or laying off everyone that he had hired. So he sold the company to another company named American Whole Foods, and he remained the spokesman until 1978, and eventually it was bought out by Conagra, which still owns it today. Now, the funny thing is, the product does really good in bad times. Yeah. Well, it's... I mean, it's inexpensive. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, I remember, like... I remember as a kid, I, I love would, spaghettios or the the um the ravioli with the meat in it. Oh yeah, no, I mean we grew up on that. Oh my god, I I would like every single piece of sauce out of that Literally. can. It was so good. It was so crappy for I'm you now looking now, back. If but we, if we oh. open a can of that as we speak, it I would pro- I bet you that one bite would taste really good, and then I'd be done. But the memory would be Isn't fantastic. It? 
SpaghettiOs. That's the beauty of Chef Boyardee and Campbell's SpaghettiOs. Since the 1920s, Boyardee has filled stomachs hundreds of millions of times over with SpaghettiOs following suit since 1965. Well, it's always cool to have some history of a real person that still has a reflection on our society today. Okay, now for the second story of the week, and this comes from our local Detroit area, and I love this story. There was a guy who was caught the other day going across the Detroit River from the Canadian side to smuggle drugs. Now, is that unusual? No. However, he did it by way of using the Detroit River, but the vehicle he chose was an underwater jet ski, more like a submarine. How in the hell did he find his way in the murky Detroit River? A source from the investigation said he used a C-Bob jet, an egg-shaped, Wi-Fi-equipped electric scooter capable of propelling him along the bottom of the river at more than 13 miles an hour in near silence with two cameras providing a lookout. And it says these jets cost about nine to $16,500. So basically, like, he could go at nighttime when no one's paying attention, especially when no one's around in an obscure area and just haul the drugs. But I think that's pretty crafty. I mean, very creative idea. Extremely creative. I think it's fantastic. So he was arrested for 265 pounds of marijuana possession, and the way that they found him is that he was unconscious. Perhaps he ran out of breath or smashed into the wall or something, but it doesn't really say. It actually says here, this is not unprecedented. Two Dutchmen six years ago um, were using a CBOB jet to haul more than $20 million worth of cocaine to Scotland. The river's not that wide. I mean, it's wide. It's pretty big, but... I don't think it's a mile. That's what I'm saying. It's not like he has a long way to go. It's, it's pretty probably, ingenious. It's probably a half mile, It's just maybe. such a murky river. I don't even know how we would find a straight line across. Maybe the Wi-Fi helped him out with GPS or something. I don't know. That's crazy. Maybe just chartered a course. Who would ever? But you know what? This reminds me of The Spy Who Loved Me. You ever see that James Bond movie? Nope. The James Bond movie it was in 1977, and he had this lotus. It was this white lotus, and... I, the way I recall the movie, he was, I don't know, somebody was after him or he's trying to be obscure, and then he just drove the car to the beach and it turned into a submarine. Oh, sweet. At the time, I'm seven. I'm like, this is the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever yeah. seen. It's like a Transformer. Next to Wonder Woman. Right. It was like that James Bond car. Were you seven and you even knew like Wonder Woman was just like hot? I probably, like, you know, but probably as a kid had a crush. I mean, Wonder Woman is pretty good looking. I'm just Linda Carter. I don't know, but... You know, we all have crushes when we're kids. For I mean, sure. I had a crush on my third grade teacher, and she wasn't very attractive, but I had a crush on her because whatever. I mean. Yeah, because you're young, and she's influential rem- and standing up in front of the class. Remember, attraction is not all based on physical. There's a pheromonal aspect to it as well as mental. Oh, my mental. God, that reminds me of the crush my best friend Coco and I had on our high school counselor and i think he might have been shorter than you he was not even that i'm about five foot six just so everybody knows (laughs) and we nicknamed this is so bad we nicknamed him mr plumpy and but he was adorable like the nicest guy ever and i think we were freshmen and we had just this raging crush, and I hope when she listens to this, she'll just crack up. We both had the biggest crush and figured out any excuse to go in his office. Why Mr. Plumpy? He was short and kind of kind of overweight, but he was adorable. Like, major crush on this. But then we adopted that terrible name. Here's to you, Mr. Plumpy. I hope you're doing great. All right, let's jump on to the next story. And this one has to do with NASA and toilets. And they are saying that they will pay $20,000 to anyone who can design a revolutionary space toilet. 
So NASA's looking to go to the moon in 2024. So I think if they're planning on hanging out there, they want to be able to have something to accommodate a little bit better. I got to go get my drawing pad. Well, it says here that previously astronauts used diapers, holes in the wall, and advanced funnel systems to get rid of their crap. Holes in the walls? Probably what just that mean? probably just dead space in the in the in the craft or something where they had this. That's disgusting. They probably went in a bag or something. I don't know. I mean, you know, if if like if, Borat, if there's gravity, like Borat, yeah, <laughs> when he, and he came out of the bathroom that, and that, he was at that with a bag was, at that dinner with those like dignitaries of or something like that, like senators or <laughs> remember? I cannot believe he did that. That's before anybody knew who he was, so, so he could get away with things, right? I know. Wow, wow, he's very nice. I mean, if, right, if, there's, the if there's gravity, and if you take a crap, they have to have some kind of suction system to keep it down uh, or, or whatever you're doing because it would this. float. So, I mean, that's probably why they're trying to figure this out is like, is there a way for someone to go to the bathroom kind of like we do now where it takes it and holds it? And This leads me to ask, if you're NASA's space system and you've been putting you know people up in the space station, and how is it that... Till now, they've never figured out how to design a toilet. It says here that you'd think that rocket scientists would be able to design okay, a toilet. Okay, there, exactly. But pa- apparently the task is more complicated than it appears. Okay, but they're rocket scientists. They want the average person to just get their drawing pad out I and think figure look- out how I to- think you're looking at it this the wrong well, way. then get my th- drawing pad. I think that I if we this. did more of this in life as a society- like we- what, if we all participated- well, if you left it more open to come up with ideas to make things because it's collaborative and it's by odds, the more people involved are now you have to go sift through a lot of ideas, but eventually you're probably going to get something that you would collectively get is <sighs> rather than leaving it in the hands of five or 10 engineers or but something. Honey, rocket scientists can't figure this out. How do they figure the average Joe is going to? Listen, they're worried about making rockets. Maybe they're not worried about making um, orifices to put your butt into. But I, they can't employ contractors or some sort of person in the engineering world that idea. is like a mechanical it, engineer. What a great idea. Like, listen, I I'm going to throw this out there. So all I have to, to pay me. is 20 grand, right? It's like watching Family Feud. They get right. on there. They have to get 20 grand just to get the final thing done. Even if they go five days and don't get it, they don't even win the 20 grand once, but all the money they make in advertising dollars is way more. And then five people have to so share now, 20 grand. Right, so on the other side, they're like, hey, all I have to do is give out 20 grand and I get all these people willing to go. And think if you design a toilet and your name's on it, that could be really good for your career and it's probably just a fun thing to do. Anyway, we'll check on this in 2024 and give you an update. Okay, so that's going to do it. For the coronavirus montage. And that will do it for this week's podcast as well. As always, you can catch us on Instagram at SOMM.podcast. So until then, until next week, I am David. And I am Cindy.